Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. So welcome to Friday's episode of the podcast. Uh, Both Georgia and I are so excited that you've um, kind of found us again and that you're listening to today's podcast, a really special one, actually. We wanted to open up today's Q&A to you guys to find out how you're feeling about everything that's going on in Ukraine at the moment and how to navigate having those conversations with our children. Obviously, Mm -hmm. our news is on all the time. Um, Our children are asking questions around the war, around what's happening to the the, the mothers, the babies. There's lots of conversations that Georgia and I are, are finding quite difficult to navigate at the moment. So we thought, do you know what, we're going to get a current affairs expert in who's editor in chief at um, The Week Junior and also the sister magazine. I don't know how she does it, Science and Nature. <laughs> um, she's been editor in chief there for, well, since 2015, since its launch. She knows exactly what she's talking about in this area. She's got two teenage children as well. I say children, they're 12 going on 25 now, I imagine. Um, so yeah, we're really excited to welcome Anna Bassi to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks, Anna. Well, I was just thinking the last seven years must have been absolutely crazy for you with so many things to navigate. How has it been? It's been a roller coaster ride since the very beginning. I have to say it's been, I've never, I've never had a job quite like it. The news never stops. There's always something new and different to learn. Um, we've had, we've had a lot of, you know, big events and, and some quite difficult mm. stories to contend with. In fact, our, our launch issue um, was in November 2015 and coincided with the terror attacks in Paris. So we had to make a decision right from the get-go um, around how we tell these stories to children mm. who are, you know, as young as eight years old, um, mm. and, you know, and even if, and if there are stories that perhaps we shouldn't be discussing with them so it's been yeah we've had terror attacks we had brexit of course we've had we've had any number of general elections um we've had Mm. the pandemic and now of course war in ukraine is Mm. um you know it's just dreadful and it's impossible to avoid hearing about it i mean even the very youngest children i think really from the from the time a child can read, you, you, you yeah. are going to be kind of navigating those those difficult 
questions with them. So, you know, I hope that what we do is it makes that job a little bit easier for, for parents. And it's interesting because it's it's even younger than, you know, reading age because, you know, my son is sitting in the car and the radio's on and, you know, the news bulletin comes in and he's hearing about the hundreds of people that have lost their lives and he's asking, you know, why did that man die, Dad, uh, mummy? And I'm, I'm not sure what to say back to him, you know. Mm. I don't want to go, oh, no, don't worry about it. You've misheard. I don't want to kind of make light of it but I also you know he's four years old well yeah so yeah, yeah it's really tricky to even know how to start to navigate that and also yeah just seeing the scenes on the tv as well you know some I mean I try quite hard not to have um the news on especially in the morning when we're like in a rush and I maybe haven't got the time to take to you know to talk it through maybe in the afternoon and a bit later when things might be a bit calmer and easier to talk things through but you know I just I think some of the some of the visuals that they see, it can be really difficult to tell them that that's real life and it's yeah. not it's not fiction that they're watching and it's really hard I mean I think a, a lot of parents are like you a lot of parents will turn the radio mm. down in the morning yeah. to, to avoid the you know to avoid exactly that but you know it, they are the pictures are impossible to avoid I was um on my way into work on um Monday morning and um, passing through Wimbledon tube station and uh, there are loads of school children get going through getting on the tube and you know of course there's sort of copies of the metro all over the place and the front page showed a tank in flames and I just I actually felt really upset that that was what they were seeing as they were on mm. their way to school. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you start delving into it, I mean, our children here in this country at the moment, seeing it on the telly and, you know, in magazines and on the front cover of, of newspapers, but imagine being a child, you know, in the, in the actual conflict zone at the moment and what they're having to go through. And I think when my kids see kids on the telly and they look and they go, yeah, but mummy, that, that little girl, she seems like she's my age. And suddenly you're having to explain why those children are in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, which, gosh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. We had loads of questions sent yeah. in. We really wanted to open up this discussion. Um, before we do, I just wanted to ask, at what age should we be speaking to our children about world, of, world events? that are, are sort of on that scale I mean I don't think there's a there's a set age for having those sort of conversations I think you know you're the you're the best judge of your child's emotional maturity mm. I mean certainly from the moment that they start asking questions you you have to you know you have to listen to them and as you said earlier you can't brush it away and pretend it's not happening I think if you, you know if your child is asking questions you've got to take those answers seriously and, and try and answer them as, as carefully as you can but yeah there, it's really you know you know your child best you know what they're mm. what they're most capable of, of kind of handling I, and I think our you know the week juniors for children aged eight to 14 and I think right. at age eight children you know clearly they're mostly going to be competent readers by that point um you know they are at school they'll be hearing things in the playground so there's a limit to how much you can you can protect a child yeah. anyway from hearing about things even if you're very careful at home they're going to hear something when they're in school from a, from a friend and you know that something might not be entirely factually correct so I think you have a you also have a job to do as a parent to try and yeah. to make yeah. sure that what they're hearing is 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 not um incorrect and isn't you know perhaps making things appear even worse than, than they already are yeah and sometimes I guess not having all the information or not feeling like the information that they've been given is the whole picture can cause more anxiety and, and worry can't it mm. than just actually knowing that they can come to you and the information you're going to give them is the truth and so they can rely on that rather than building like stories in their heads and taking it to you know take taking it to new heights mm. um, but it is definitely a fine line I mean I've got a, a son Axel he's five but he's a real Real worrier 
that's the only way I can describe it. Like he takes on a lot. I mean, we can't even watch like The Lion King without him getting really upset. It's like he's like a real empath. You know, he re- he feels all of yeah. everybody else's fit, everyone mm. else's emotions. And so I find it particularly hard to navigate with him. Um, but I have found that being honest is kind it's the of, best way. It's kind of the best way to go. Yeah, just don't get into a conversation around love seed and women's wombs because that's where <laughs> I was going down a hole. And then, and then Luna was like, "Where's the love seed?" And I was like, "Oh God, I just can we just go down and have our cornflakes now, please?" We'd like conversation is to make it so boring that they that they lose interest. Good tactic. Make it really boring. Yes. <laughs> okay, that. I'll try that tack when it comes up again. Uh, George, do you want to kick us off with the questions? Yeah, let's kick us off. This is from Kerry. How to explain the Russian invasion to tween age? Look, I think as you said, sort of understanding the fact and knowing that the facts you have are right is really important. So the way we, I mean, the way we've approached this in the magazine is, um, I think having a little bit of knowledge of, of, the, of the history of the region is really important. The, the relationship between Russia and Ukraine, the formation of the Soviet Union, the collapse of the Soviet Union. Um, and, and so to sort of to, to understand where in the world this is happening and, and what the background to it is. Um, the reason why they're invading, well, I think I think another thing that we felt was very important to be clear about here is that, it, you know, it's Russian troops that are invading and, and that not all of Russia actually is behind yes this activity. So this is the decision of their president and and he wants he doesn't want Ukraine. He doesn't believe Ukraine has a right to exist as a, as a, as a sort of a, as an independent country. Yes. Um, I think it's um, I think the main thing for children really is you know it's it, knowing where in the world it's happening, understanding the politics of the area very simply and we have explained this very clearly within the magazine. Um, once we've done that, and it's simply it's simply about territory. Once we've done that, we we don't tend to dwell too much on how they're doing it, and, and you know what's really happening on on the ground to people. You know, the sort of we we don't talk about weapons. We wouldn't talk about the violence. We do yes. tell our readers that, of course, this means that some people have had to leave their homes, um, and many people are sheltering. Um, and we we will always very quickly move on to um, focusing on the people who are trying to help in the area. So mm. this is what's happening. There is an invasion. People are scared. People are hiding. People are leaving. And there are lots of other people and countries who are trying to help them to sort of try to bring the war to an end and also to try and help them in, the, in their immediate circumstances. Mm, that's brilliant. That's just, just such a clear, clear and kind of defined way of doing it because it doesn't yeah. emotionally, you know, you're not attaching emotion to it. You're just trying to give them the facts around the political situation in terms of land <laughs> and the history behind it um, and whether, you know, why he's doing it. I mean, who, who knows what's going on in that man's head? So I think you're right. Yeah, I think we're sort of, we can't even begin to go no. there. And I think the other thing to say actually is that if, you know if you don't know the answer, it's genuinely okay to yeah. say that you don't know the answer. Um, yeah. you, know, you don't know the answers to everything, and it is really complicated. But it is you know that you can see that your child is feeling sad, and you feel sad as well. Yeah. I think the very the most important thing of all though is to actually not you know because you know we're all feeling anxious about it. You know, yeah. is the war the word war is is a very scary word, and you know what we're seeing and hearing is awful, but. I think we have a job to do as parents in in trying to contain our own emotions so that we don't we don't share those with our children. I mean, saying that you're sad is one thing, but 
saying that you're scared or that you're anxious might not help them very much. I think we have to try and sort of protect them and make them feel safe, which is which is why our sort of our, our formula for reporting on these sort of events is always to then is to think about how you can help, you know, what people yeah. are doing to help, yes. how we can help as well. Yeah. And also, I guess not. it's interesting you say not focusing on talking about the weapons and that kind of stuff, because that feels very scary to anybody, doesn't it? Um, and yeah it's just it's it's just good to be clear to, to yeah, yeah to know that mm. it's kind of best to maybe just stay away from those discussions I think mm. so it's, it's also you said earlier about images you know you don't want to show images like that to children I mean again mm. they may not be able to avoid them if they're on, they're on the front pages of other newspapers but we think very carefully about you know we'll show that people around the world are really upset about this by by showing a picture of one of the huge protests that took place over the weekend we'll show the people who are receiving refugees um we would show um you know we will always use maps to show where in the world this is happening and I think that might be a really helpful thing to do with a child as well as actually to look at a map together Mm um you know one because it's important to know where in the world these things are happening but two I guess for children in the UK it might be quite reassuring to, to see how far away this is as well mm. from them mm. because I, I think for a lot of children the fear is is this going to affect me you know how mm. is this going yeah. to affect me and my mum and dad um, mm. but actually may, maybe that might help to make them feel a little bit more um, secure as well. Actually do you know what that's really interesting Anna that you said that because we've got a world map Luna's got a world map on her wall next to her bed and because we we look my mum lives in Kenya so we always go where's Shushu and she shows me that Kenya's down here and we were actually looking yesterday and we I was saying Russia's over here China's over here and she was looking at the distances and yeah. actually we, I mean she's only five so she doesn't really know what's going on but she's picking up on snippets of it and it was actually I could tell that it, she was suddenly working out actually no that's not very close to where we live yes um, and mm. I think for ch- you know that doesn't help us because you can't just go oh well it's not happening on my doorstep but no. for a child <laughs> it's really it's yeah it was really good it's interesting you say that it's a big question but how do you not feel low every time you see the news oh gosh well I uh, think we've, <laughs> we've spent the past two years hearing about COVID and you know the impact of the pandemic and and now this but I think you know it's we all have to remember that this is not the only, these aren't the only things that are happening in the world. They might be the, the, the biggest and, you know, the worst things that are happening in the world, but there are, you know, there are lots of other amazing things happening, you know, within, within the magazine, within the week junior, we, you know, we're always very careful to balance, you know, reports about events like this with, you know, we've got in this week's issue, we have, we have got three pages actually about what's happening in Ukraine. But we've also got a page on the world's oldest trousers. Um, <laughs> and we've right. got a page about how pine martins act as bouncers to protect squirrels in the wild. Um, you know, and we've always got a page of ridiculous stories about people who put, you know, snail slime on their face or uh, a, a, a shark sticking out of a house somewhere in the north of England. <laughs> it, it, you know, you've got to have balance. You have to. It's so important. And it's not to trivialise. It doesn't trivialise the news, the important news. But I think that, you know, for everybody's sanity, you have to remember there are good things and there are good people as well. Yeah. And do, yeah. Uh, do you know what? I don't know if you agree with this, George. I don't know if you've been doing this in, 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 in your house, but I have been having the news on for a short time so that I get, so let's say I get the kids to bed and then I watch the seven o'clock news and I'll just watch 15 minutes of it, take take what I can from the day if there's anything that I can do to help if there's a drop-off location locally or if I've got something together or something like that ready to go and then I turn the news off 
and then yeah. that's me done. I can't have it on. We were watching it the other night and it was, it was on for like an hour and it was just repetitive. And I was just like, this is, this is so upsetting. And yeah. I felt really, really anxious and my heart was racing. It wasn't good. For me, that's how I... Oh, that's how I put it in a box. And I guess it's like a really privileged position to be in, isn't it? That we can switch off and we yeah. can, you know, we can step away from it. And I think as long as we know that we're in a really privileged situation that, you know, we can t- we can do that, we can protect ourselves, then I think that you, you have to use the coping mechanisms that you use. Like I'm exactly the same. Like, I mean, I can't even watch some films because I then take it on for the rest, like for the rest of the week. So I know that if I sit watching the news all day, it's not going to be good. It's going to be terrible for me. Mm. Um, and yeah, like you say, Zoe, I try and arm myself with, with, the, with the facts the information, yeah, exactly. and the information. And I might have the odd discussion with, you know, my husband or my mum or a friend occasionally about it. But I really try to not let it take over everything and take everything from me. Mm. I think it's a good way of being. Because it would be easy, wouldn't it? It would be so easy to 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 do that and let it and let that happen. Do, do you come back from work, Anna, and feel heavy sometimes yeah as I said earlier this week has been really hard actually I mean you know it has been difficult I think there's something I guess because it's you know what what I do and what what my team does every week there's we are we can we can kind of detach ourselves in the sense that we are doing a job and we have a purpose so I think this again you you talking about a drop-off point or being able to do something you know, this is what we can do. We can help to explain it. We can help children to to understand what's happening, and hopefully, we can help them to um, manage their response to it as well. You know, we always include advice within the magazine. You know, if the news is making you feel anxious, here are some things you could do. And it might be, you know, it could be talking to a trusted adult. It might be drawing a picture. It could be um, going out and doing some exercise just to sort yeah. of tr- deal with that anxiety. And I think that that's really important and you know so yes yes sometimes I do come back feeling heavy but I do also feel that uh, at least I know that, that there is something I can do that, that will yeah. help. we'll be right back after this short break if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? One of your children is turning 16 this week. So I, I wanted to sort of gauge how young people are responding to the situation over there. And, you know, what, you know, are they asking questions? Are they trying to help? I was listening to um, a radio, uh, it was like a little junket on the, one of the news bulletins. And there was a, a young girl, 18 year old Ukrainian who was like, I'm going back because I need to fight. I need to stand with my country. And I'm not sure at 18, if I had the bravery to, or if I, if I'd it's been brave incredible. enough to kind of go back yeah. and do something like that. So I feel like there's been a good response from young people. I think there's been a really good response from young people. And I think it's, a, it is a mixed bag, actually, because kids do deal with these things in different ways, depending Depending on their personality and their maturity as well. You know, my kids have both been asking questions. They both want to know what they can do to help. We've included, you know, within this week's issue, information about charities to donate to, mm-hmm. um, how to write to your MP, for example, to demand that we, you know, that the country provides more support to refugees, or, you know, make a poster or something like that. But at the same time, kids are kids, aren't they? So, my, you know, one minute my daughter might be asking about what's happening and, and acknowledging how awful it is. And she is 16, so she's, you know, she's quite a bit older than, than some of the children we're probably talking about here. But at the same time, she's also worried about her birthday party on Friday yeah. on Friday night. And I think that's that's good. I'm yes. glad. I'd, I know uh, okay. I want her to be worried about her party because that's something she can control. You know, she, she's mm. the one who's worrying about what she's going to wear or how what her hair is going to be like. Yeah. Um, and and let, let the people who are paid to worry about this stuff worry about it. That was something a friend of mine said actually last week. Her, her daughter's 13 and was really anxious at the weekend about what she'd been hearing. And I thought her mum's response was brilliant. She said, you know, it's, please, I don't want you to worry about this. It is, you know, it is very sad and it is, you know, it is a little bit scary, but it's not your job to worry about it. There are lots of other people who are working to make this better. So don't, I don't want you to worry about it because that that's not what you should be doing at your age. Do you know what is, because it's it's really nice to hear you say that because I think there's a real, real fine line between teaching your children to be aware of other people's circumstances, to be empathetic towards others, to, you know, to have an understanding of what's going on, to be caring, to be kind, all of those things. But equally, you don't want them to take on the weight of the world at such a young young age, especially, and it takes over their childhood. Because I think... It, I don't want that you know I don't I definitely don't want that for my children I want them to know that others are not so fortunate and that can, bad things can happen of course but equally I want them to have fun yeah. I want them to have a carefree childhood as much as they possibly can mm. um, and sometimes it can feel almost selfish to think like that but I guess we're taking it on so they don't have to and we're like filtering it we've for got to. them yeah, yeah got we to. do we've got don't to. we we've yeah got it's just hard <laughs> yeah it is yeah it's our job it's our job to do that and I think but, but then yeah you're right they have to they have to be carefree you know they have to be able to enjoy the world and they've got to build resilience as well you know they've got to if we if, if all they are all they hear and see is bad news we're not helping them to be able to deal with this stuff in the future as adults. There's something, you know, something we've talked about a lot on the team over the last couple of years is how there's been a, a bit of a tendency, I think, in the media to suggest that, um, you know, saving the planet because of, because there's so much news about the climate crisis yeah. and everybody's worried about it. But there's a sense I, I've picked up on that pe- pe- people are saying, you know, oh, aren't the young people brilliant? The kids are going to save the world. They really care. They're going to do it. And I think that's actually... It's quite dangerous 
I think it's great that they care and they do want to do things, but I don't think we should hand them the responsibility for that. And I feel, you know, we're sort of abdicating responsibility, whereas it's our job to do this stuff and, you know, know, for them, for their future. And we shouldn't leave it to them anymore. I completely agree with you, Anna. As long as we've got, I was going to say lead in our pencil, but I think that's used that as a difference. (laughs) (laughs) As long as we've still got fight left in our body, we should be doing it. Can't wait another 20 years until they've got to a point and then they feel that and then they go, you know, it's not like like you said, responsibility as well for them to take on isn't it we should like definitely be leading the way for like for them and showing them that we're doing something and not just leaving it up to them like oh don't worry about it it's your problem you can do this yeah well Uh, thank you great we'll just sit back and let you save the world and you know look they've just had they've got they've just lived through a pandemic they've they've are worried about the climate and and now we are you know hearing about war and I, it's it, you know, the world is the world is a big place and we have a job to do to sort of show them that it's not it's not all bad you know protect yes. them how we can tell them what yeah. we need to certainly yeah. don't avoid those conversations but always 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 remind them that there's you know there's so much more so much good I've just seen it's not a question it's just a comment and it's it's really sad um someone's put no question but feeling massive guilt for bringing a kid into this world Oh no. That's really sad. That's really sad. There's quite a lot of people just saying that they're just so terrified for what our children's futures look like. Yeah, there's there's lots of people voicing those fears, aren't there? Um, Someone's also saying, you know, thank you so much for doing the podcast, guys. This conversation is going to be so interesting. And I think, you know, like we, we were talking about earlier on, Anna, about always trying to have the answer to everything as parents you know we're still searching for that manual that should have been handed to us when our baby was a couple of minutes old <laughs> yeah. it's not there but it's really important to, to have these chats around it and I think um another one of the things that's come up is is about trying to stay positive yeah and I really liked your angle about saying you know make sure that you're highlighting to your children that there is so much good in the world as well and um, do you find that you have to do that with your t- with your teenagers yes and no I think you know they are they're busy with school, my, you know, the 16-year-old, almost 16-year-old is going to be doing GCSEs this year. So actually my job at the moment is managing her anxiety about her exams, actually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and and trying to remind her that there's life on the other side of GCSEs. Um, so yes, yes is the, is the short answer. Mm. It's, um, you know, we're always talking about things we can do, places we can go to, people that we're going to see, um, because it's very easy, isn't it? And you know what it's like. I mean, I can remember what it was like to be a teenager. You go yeah. sort of down a rabbit hole, don't you? And, and everything mm. is very intense. Whatever your emotion is, it's very intense. So mm. we've got a job to do to kind of just manage that, the, the extremes of the emotions at that age. What, yeah, what sort absolutely. of households did you guys grow up in? Were, were, were conversations had around the, the dining room table, you know, in the car on the way to school uh, uh, about sort of world events, about, you know, maybe political things that were going on or what sort of conversations did you have growing up can you remember do you know what I don't think we did speak about things like that very much so my parents were my dad was a lecturer my mum was a teacher um I think at the time news you know the news was at nine or ten o'clock at night I think so it was probably after my bedtime we didn't have rolling news um so I don't think we had conversations like that as a family but I can remember you know I grew up in the 1970s and you know at that time there was a real fear of nuclear war that was the that was the Mm. worry and I can remember that being discussed at school um, between us kids but also I think at home as well because there was a time when I think there were leaflets being put through the letterbox showing what you needed to do in the event of a nuclear war so you know to, to, to go back to the lady who's feeling terrible for bringing a child into the world I think 
I think most parents go through that emotion at some point after having a, yeah. having a child because I think that you know the what you suddenly realize that the world is potentially quite a scary place I don't but I don't know that it's any more scary now than it was 50 yeah. years ago or 100 we're just years seeing ago. it more quickly because yeah. there's all the news constantly yeah that's like you like you just said that when as soon as you said all oh, the news used to be on at nine or ten and I think back I think yeah I didn't I never used to see the news it, it wasn't it, you know it wasn't on I I, I would yeah no. I would have been in bed and I guess there's positives and negatives to having this world that's so open now that we can see at any well we can see pretty much any news channel can't we at any time and we're not yeah. censored and well we probably are but you know <laughs> we'll just keep telling ourselves that we're not <laughs> yeah but we can have access to lots of information now which we like we wouldn't have had growing up and so for us we're just navigating what to do with this information and trying to arm our children with the tools to do the same because we yeah we didn't see it and we're only just seeing it as adults Hmm. um yeah gosh it's just just a big it's 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 a lot to take on and like we say with so much of parenting there's no manual and you know we felt we've got young children and we feel like we've just nailed the sleeping and the eating and the the behavior in some ways and now it's this you know something else it's like bigger bigger problems when you say we've nailed the eating georgia (laughs) yeah i mean have you met my son kit they eat they eat eat. (laughs) this is from ellie um anna how to talk to my child about the climate crisis when i'm terrified about what their future might look like there was quite a few questions around um, what we were discussing Uh, yeah Again, I mean that's another that's another subject that we've written about extensively in in the week junior. Um, I mean, I think again it's a case of um, you know knowing arming them with the facts, so understanding that the world is warming um, and what the impact of that is and might be in the future if we don't do something about it. Um, I think again really the, the the way to go with that conversation is to focus on what people are doing already mm. to make a difference so the climate crisis is real we tend to avoid words like crisis actually right. as a rule because i mean anything that is and, and i know there are, there are arguments both ways on this i, I know a lot of um you know the, the guardian and other sort of adult media have, have opted to use the word crisis precisely because it conveys the urgency of the situation we are a bit yes. more careful in a children's yeah. magazine and you might want to think about that when talking to kids but yes once once they understand what, what what the climate crisis is the focus is you know who's doing what to help what are countries doing what needs to change to, to, to slow this down and stop it happening and you know there are so many examples of people who are already doing amazing work on that front whether it is you know countries who you know I think everybody feels that things should be happening faster than they are but at least mm-hmm. there are efforts being made to reduce emissions at least there are efforts being made to have more um, sources of renewable energy Um, and you know and then on a local level thinking about you know again without abdicating responsibility and putting it onto onto kids but what can we do as a family to do our bit you know whether that is you know most people recycle now but you know could we be going out and picking up litter in the streets so there's not there's not plastic all over the place could we walk to school rather than go in the car you know that's not always practical for everybody but to sort of within within what's possible for you and your family to sort of think about what difference you can make and, and to understand that if everybody does something small that does actually add up to quite a lot and it's just, it's, I think it's kind of empowering to know yes. that you can do something. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like children definitely have a really good understanding of little things that they can do. Like Axel's always on at me about recycling, which is great. But he also, 
came home the other day and they'd been learning about palm oil and yeah. um like various different things and he gets very upset if he sees anyone chopping trees down and then I have to obviously explain to him that you know sometimes that has to be done and they'll be planting others and he's like oh, phew <laughs> but it so is, it's, it's great and, I, and yeah. I guess you forget not you forget to tell them those things because we're just sort of recycling and we're doing various bits and bobs but now I do make an effort to tell him why I'm doing these things because I feel like he's five and now he kind of can un, he can grasp those small changes that we can make it's lovely isn't it it's lovely when they get it it's like we've, we've got to have a tree knocked down in the uh, knock down chopped down in the garden because during the storms it lost a limb and um, Kit's obviously overheard the conversation going on between my husband and the tree surgeon and I could hear him speaking to his mate at school at drop-off he's only four and he was like the tree in my garden's lost lost his arm and um he's gonna he's gotta come down now and I was like it's really you know lost a limb and he's gone oh it's his arm is his big arms fallen off they do what they do understand it they are like little sponges aren't they mm. lovely little things right I think we should do Stu um should we do one more I think a lot of people are just saying how do I not feel overwhelmed and how you know how do we not put those feelings onto our children and not take the weight yeah I think that's an I mean the advice that we would give to children I would probably say is perfectly right for us adults as well it's kind of you know we've got to you know we shouldn't be doom scrolling we should turn the news off if it if it's starting to make us feel anxious it's not that you don't want to know it's just that there's only so much you can know I think you know we we too need to look after ourselves we need to get out do some exercise watch something stupid on tv read a book bake a cake uh, you know whatever 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 we all need to do to, to take our minds off it to do something mindless or completely distracting I think it's so important that we don't allow ourselves to become completely overwhelmed by the news and, and 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 then you know our strength will transfer to our children if we can keep ourselves calm as best we can in in, in whatever you know whatever that takes and I you know <laughs> go for a run you know whatever, yes. whatever it is yeah. then, then we're going to be better parents and better able sometimes you have to put yourself first as well you know that's that's you know the old when you're on a plane you put your oxygen mask on first yeah. so that you yes. can look after your child so I think that kind of applies in this situation as well really lovely advice Anna thank you so much and do you know what after today's chat I'm going to sign Isla up for the week junior my <laughs> yeah. eight, I've got an eight-year-old um she my stepdaughter Isla and she's fascinated by the by by the world and everything that's going on in fact the other day she was talking to Luna her middle sister going Donald Trump is a poop stink face right and he has gone <laughs> to jail and I was like, okay, no, we need to sort of work on that slightly. But he is a poop stink face. <laughs> I remember Isla talking about Donald Trump when yeah. Axel and Luna were like three months old. <laughs> yeah, she's obsessed and with I him. I remember being like, oh my gosh, how does she even, how old she must have been three? Was she three? I must Something have been banging like on about him for so ages. so young. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be writing for you, Anna, in no exactly. time. Exactly. You, you need a new writer. We're welcome, yeah. We're looking for writers at the actually. So come to my way. I will, I will. Um, Anna Bassi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute treat. Thank you. Thanks, Anna. Oh, she's amazing, isn't she? Yeah, she really is. And I, do you know what? It's just so, it's reassuring to have somebody like that on the podcast when, you know, we have conversations, not really knowing the right way to go. We don't want to, you know, completely hide our children from all of this stuff. But equally, like, like I was saying, we want them to have a carefree childhood and to feel happy when they can. Do you know what? I was thinking back to my, I was thinking back to my childhood and mm. I was thinking... When, she, when Anna was talking about the fact that we've now got rolling news, you know, when, when I was growing up, there was, 
you know, the nine o'clock news or the 10 o'clock news or whatever. And I'd probably see it in my sort of early teenage years and then go to bed. And I was in this complete bubble. I was living down in Kent, you know, lovely, idyllic childhood. I was so, so, so lucky. There was nothing really that impacted my whole life at all yeah. up until that point. And then my cousin died mm. and it happened so quickly. And you're probably thinking, where's she going with this? But I hadn't even, even had a conversation around grief with my family. Yeah, I hadn't seen anybody on the news. I hadn't watched any programs on it. And it, was mm. so, it impacted my childhood, my teenage years. I was 14 when he died. It was the worst thing in the world. And I feel as a result of that, I've then looked at my kids and thought, I don't want them to get to a point where something like grief or something like war or whatever, they don't have a clue how to handle that. Yeah. So I'm always more inclined to have those discussions with them. But then Dozer sometimes says to me, like, come on, she's only five. What you like, don't go down the rabbit hole with her. It's, it's so really, really hard to hard. navigate yeah. how much information you give them and how to much get you the balance. Retain, yeah, get and, the balance and right. in, unless they're asking you questions, do you open up the conversation or do you not? I, don't, I mean, I guess it's case by case, isn't it? Like, I yeah. know Axel's super sensitive, so I know that I probably have to err on like the sort of side of caution with him and only give him like little snippets here and there. Whereas, I don't know what Gigi will be like, you know, she might might be able she might be a bit more you know able to handle those sorts of, I don't know it's just it's so difficult yeah it's but really difficult, I do but definitely feel like I know a little bit more about what to do now so thank you so much and me. <laughs> yeah massive thank you to Anna and thank you to you guys as well for sending in all of your questions you are not alone we're all going yeah. through it we're all feeling exactly the same things from from the questions that were sent in that those were absolutely questions that Georgia and I had going around in our heads as well yeah. so yeah hopefully we've kind of normalized that and again like if we didn't get to your question please drop us a message drop us a dm um also we absolutely love there are various organizations in fact so many people are putting together to send donations out to the polish border you know to help with the crisis in some way um these are the ones that we're loving george at chooselove.org and warchild.org.uk are doing fantastic things yeah also there's a charity called teams for you which is based in wales you can send um like you can do donations or you can make shoe boxes um also nanny luana um she's on instagram she is doing so much to just head over to her instagram page mm. but also you'll know locally if you go on your local facebook group um there'll be coffee shops there'll be you know local donation points and yeah. they'll tell yeah. you the sort of things that you that they that they need and they're looking for you know it's things like nappies also um you know like allergy mil- milks non-dairy yes. milks like all yeah. of that kind of stuff um would be really useful so you know if you can do something to help then please 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 do and check out um you know what's going on in your local area yeah absolutely and as always we would love you to rate review subscribe and please give the podcast a little follow if you've got time uh, and we love we love reading your reviews as well if you do have a second um that would be absolutely wonderful because of course it does help to spread the made by mama's podcast word and that's what we want absolutely and if you've got any topics that you'd like us to cover on this friday podcast then this episode is for you guys um, and it's for for us to find the right expert to answer your questions so please just drop any suggestions into our dms we're on at made by mamas on instagram and we'll be back on tuesday made by mamas is an insanity podcast production and today's episode was produced by the lovely charlotte mason insanity group Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.